nothing like worshiping the Lord knowing that he hears us, knowing that he appreciates it. You know, in, in a perfect world, we would have all had perfect parents, we would have all been perfect parents. Neither of those things are true, but we do have a perfect father. And to have the Lord looking on us as we sing to him, regardless of what our voices sound like, regardless of how all that goes, because sometimes that doesn't go well for me, but I know that he hears, and I know that he, all, what he cares about is right here in my heart. And as you guys worship with your heart, it's amazing to see what God does. Let's read some scripture. There's Bibles in front of you. If you want to grab one of those, it'll also be up on the screen. You can also look on your phone, whatever you want to do. By the way, if you don't have a Bible at home, take one of those home with you. That's yours. If you've lost your Bible, you don't know where it is. You've just been reading it so much, you can't remember where you left it. Whatever the case is, that's for you. That's free. We do not charge for that. Uh, we want you to have the Word of God in your home. We, we consider this, I mean, this is just fundamental, guys. This is the Word of God. The things that I say, that's just the Word of David. Don't take that for anything. The things that this says, this is the Word of God, okay? Ever true, does not return void, sharper than a two-edged sword, all of that good stuff. This is truth. And so that's why we're very, very serious about the Scripture. All right, Matthew 28. 18 through 20. You may have heard this one before. It's on the wall out there. It says this, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is the mission of the church. It was given by the Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples. You are his disciples. He had disciples then. They have made more disciples who have made more disciples who have made more disciples who have made more disciples. A couple billion disciples right now on this planet by some, by some counts from just the 12 that were there originally. We are his disciples. This is to you. This is important that you understand this. This command of the Lord, this commission, this mission is to you. It is for you. If you love him and serve him as Lord, this is your marching orders. There's no way around it. There's no, does he have something different for me? I'm more of a video game guy. I'd like to see what, you know, I'm more of a, is there tennis? Can I do, you know, nope, all that's fine. But this, this, Matthew 20, 18 through 20, this is what we do. And this is what we do together. We're here together because we are much stronger together in the Lord that we are on our own. You know, this whole, you, you meet people who are like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, you do it at church? Oh, I've been to church in years. It's just me and Jesus doing our thing. And it's like, yeah, I don't think that's how that works. That's not how that works. We do this together. This is what we do. Amen. That kid knows what's up. I like it when they're excited. All right. And Jesus came to them, came and spoke to them saying, all authority. You need to understand that Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He has all the authority. All the authority. It's been given to him in heaven and on earth. The Father to the Son. And the next thing he says is, go, therefore. So because he has all authority, he's now telling you to go. Meaning that the jurisdiction, the ability to speak the law, the authority, he's going to judge everyone. But what he's doing is he's saying, I love you and I want to work with you and through you. And so when he says go, when he says I have all authority and it says go therefore because I have all authority, what he's doing is he's giving authority to you. 
You have the authority of God to do the things that he said here. When you do these things, you do them with the authority of God. You are a delegated authority. A delegated authority. The one who has all authority has given it to you. You're to go, therefore. And what? Make disciples. Make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says he's got the authority. He gives you the authority. He tells you what to do. Then he says he's going to be with you even to the end of the age, which is coming on fast. And he says, amen. So be it. Let it be so. We are to go and make disciples. Let me be clear about what a disciple is. A disciple is not a person who likes Jesus person who thinks Jesus is cool, person who thinks Jesus is a pretty good guy. It's not what a disciple is. I like a lot of things. I like a lot of people. I'm not disciples of them. There's a big difference between being, there's, a, there's somebody who does a big thing, and I haven't, I haven't gone through this person's name, but they're not a fan. You're not supposed to just be a fan. It's supposed to be something more than that. You're not supposed to just be a fan of Jesus. You're not supposed to just like him. That's not what being a disciple means. That's not the deal. I cannot stress this enough. Jesus is not just someone to appreciate as a good teacher or a good guy or he stood up against the man or any of that kind of stuff. He is our Lord and our King and our God. That's who he is. Not just a guy, not just someone who we like, not just someone to admire, which he is admirable because he's God, but he's the one who died for you and rose again. He's the one who set you free. He's the one who paid the price for you. He's the one who did everything for you. This is not just somebody to make you feel good when things are going rough. We've probably all been there, right? We're not thinking much about God. We're not really living for him much. Things go bad. All of a sudden, we make it to church that Sunday. All right, we pull out the coffee mug with the Bible verse on it. We're like, oh yeah, this promise is for me. Haven't been really paying attention at all, but I'm in trouble now. So let's get that Jeremiah 29.11 mug out. Just a little shot for the, for the Facebook of me doing my devotions. Yeah, I've done them once in the last three years, but here they are. And it's like, Lord, help me out of this, right? He will, but that's not what it's about. He's not just somebody to make you feel good when things are going rough. He is the consuming fire who loves you with a passion you do not understand. I mean, if there's anything we all want, it's to be loved. It's to actually be appreciated. It's to actually have people thinking about us. I think about you guys. You think about each other, right? If you're a mother and you have children, you think about your children, right? If you're a father and you have children, you have a wife, you think about your wife, you think about your children. If you're a friend, you think about your friends. If you, whatever it is you think about. God's thinking about you in a way that you can't imagine. He has more thoughts towards you than the sand on the sea. He is thinking, he's passionate. He's a consuming fire. It's the kind of love that you wish you could have from the people around you, but the only one who gives it in that way is God. If you understood it fully, you would live in fearless passion for him. I don't always live that way. It makes me feel like I don't understand it fully. I wish that I would live that way more. I want to know him more. That's why I'm his disciple. That's what discipleship is about. I'm following him and getting to know him more and more. That's your job. That's my job. If we're going to live for him, we got to do it right. And let me just tell you something. 
here at Acts Church, these people, you people, me, the people who are online, although I don't think it's working this morning, so we'll have, they'll have to get it later. Oops. Anyway, um, we're going to live for Christ. We're going to be disciples. We don't just appreciate him or admire him. We don't just look to him when things are tough. It's not what we do. We are passionate, loving, serving, sacrificing, committed, serious, joyful disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what we are. And I'm not going to accept anything less for myself. And I'm not going to accept anything less from you. This is serious. This is serious. There is no lukewarm. There is no chasing functional saviors. Well, if I just have enough money in the bank, I'm going to be okay. If I just have a boyfriend or a husband or a wife or a girlfriend, if I just have that thing that I've really been wanting, that's going to make the difference for me. If I can just get that job, all of that, fine, whatever. You want a boyfriend, you want a girlfriend, you want a job. I don't care. What's most important is that what you're chasing is Jesus Christ and that he's first. That there's nothing, there's no other savior in, his, in your life. We're not going to have Sunday Christianity. We're not going to have people walking around with hopelessness. We're not going to have people walking around with hypocrisy. Starting right here, myself, the other elders, the other leaders, each one of you, we're not going to be that church. I'm so sick of hearing unbelievers talk about the church in the way that they do because of how many people have earned that. We can talk about it like, how dare they? And then we just open up the news, right? We cannot be hypocrites. We cannot be Sunday Christians. There is only loving, serving, and following Jesus, our King, as disciples. That's what it's about. It's everything we have and everything we are so that we can be with him, to know him, to experience his love, to learn how to love him and each other. It is the adventure that leads to something greater than you can imagine eternally. But it is not a safe journey, and it is not a cheap journey. You cannot do this halfway. You need to understand that. You cannot do this halfway, or a quarter way, or in some cases, a seventh of the way, and less than that, really, the hour on Sunday morning or whatever. You can't, you can't do it that way. You will be miserable. But beyond that, I want to be really clear with you about something. If you do this halfway... If you do the Sunday Christian thing, if you do that, you're, it's, you're not, not just miserable in your life. You're also making a mockery of yourself. And Jesus Christ told us that. Let's look at what he said to us. This is Luke 14, 25 through 34. These are Jesus' words. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross, meaning death, willing to die, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who seek it begin to mock. To mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot 
be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? These are hard words. There's a reason why. We think of Jesus like, oh, the crowds. Yeah, there were no crowds at the end. They all left. They often wanted to kill him, in fact. They loved the bread. Who doesn't love free bread? You know what I'm saying? You go to Olive Garden or whatever. Back in the day, they're not as good now, right? Am I right? The breadsticks? Were they not just like, mmm, like 20 years ago? You go there, like, they're like dipped in butter and like the salt. And you're like, mm, get more of the bread. They do the, just the breadsticks and salad. I don't want to get too crazy, you know. <laughs> Woo, that was good. But you know what I'm saying? The free bread. Who doesn't like free bread? That's why they built so many Olive Gardens. They were going up like 13 a day for a while. This was a long time ago. Some of you were young. You're like, Olive Garden? Yeah, it was a thing. It was, you know, it blew up. Why? Free bread, okay? Everybody likes free bread. But you know what? When it got hard, they went around. They were like, so the bread thing, that's not going? No more bread? Okay, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, it's, I got to pay something. I got to give something. You're going to say hard things. You're going to say, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And I gotta and I gotta figure out what that means, and I gotta I'm out. Too hard, too difficult. Oh look, those people are mad at you. I don't want to be around when they come to get you. I'm not gonna stand by you. Even all the disciples fled, right? It's not easy. People have been trying to tell you, here's the thing, and I'm gonna go a little side side quest. Here's the thing. For many years, pastors and church leaders have had the vision for the church, that it's always growing. And that's good, because that's part of the Great Commission. The problem is, is that when you want something to happen, you want it to, we generally want things to happen fast, right? Who, does anybody not have a microwave in their house? Right. We wanted, remember when those came out? It was like, dude, you can like cook a turkey in this thing if you want it. I don't know if anybody's done that, but it was amazing, right? You didn't have to use the oven anymore. Microwaves, right? Cell phones, fast food, whatever. We want things fast. And so what's happened is, and, I, and I've seen this because I've been in the church for a long time. I'm old. You can see how gray my hair is. I've been in the church for a long time. And I think what happened was they started to go, well, it's hard to get people to come and want to be part of the thing when we say, this is really hard and you need to deal with your sin and all that kind of stuff. And so what they started to do was they came up with a more attractive model of church, which I get it. Their hearts were, I want people to get saved. But you got to be careful with your heart wanting the thing, the end, and then finding whatever means you want to get to that end. Because the end does not justify the means. See, both the end and the means have to be holy. Jesus did not go out and say to people, this is going to be easy. This is all going to be fun. He said things like, son of man doesn't have a place to lay his head. Right? He said things like, go sell everything you have and follow me. It was always hard. There was always a cost to entry. But we, instead of making a cost to entry, we've gone as far as churches like on Easter Sunday where they'll like give away cars. I, I don't even, like, that's why you're going to church. But you know what I'm saying? It's attractive. It's attractive. And I'm not, again, I don't think that they're bad people. I've seen this happen in evangelical Christianity and it probably happens in other um, subcultures of Christianity too. But what happens is you start lowering the bar and lowering the bar and lowering the bar and lowering the bar and lowering the bar. And then what you have is a bunch of people who you've told that Christianity was this. And then when they get into it and they start following Jesus and they find out actually it's this, they don't feel good about that. They feel a little bit like maybe you 
we're selling them a bill of goods. And I think there's a lot of people out there like that. There's a lot of people burned out in the church. They're burned out. Didn't work out. Well, maybe that's because there were a lot of Christians who came in thinking it was a very low bar and kept living that way. And so instead of patience and forbearance and long-suffering and the fruit of the Spirit and ministry and paying the price over a long time and, and, and running the race and finishing the race and doing the thing and working hard, instead of that, it was like, oh, I'm not happy right now, I'm out. Or I'm, or I'm mean, or I'll gossip, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. Because the bar was so low and they don't go any higher. Let me just tell you something. I'll save you the time. That's not happening here. I'm not telling you that when you come in. And you're not going to get to live like that because the people around you are going to push you to grow. Now, I'm not asking you to be perfect. Now, the Lord asks us to be perfect. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to work towards that in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to, for whether, whether you're perfect or not, we've all got stuff that we're working on. I got stuff I'm working on. Trust me. I've been working on There's things that I've struggled with for years. One of them you get to see every week. Seriously. So it's, a, it's an issue of sin if I, if I can't get, you know, you're back and forth. You're not doing, look, I deal with it too, okay? Just like you do. But who's first? Christ is first. If he's not for you, he needs to become that for you. You can't follow him and value anything above him. That means, he's not saying you're actually supposed to hate everyone. What he means is in comparison to him. It should be like that in comparison to him. They have to be lower. Nobody, nobody can be higher than him. Now, that's, you know, you can go like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then think about your kids and be like, what if I had to lose my relationship with them for him? What if I had to lose my relationship with my wife or with my husband for him? What if I had to lose my relationship with my best friend? What if I had to lose my job? What if I, am I really willing to give those things up if God calls me to? If that person goes in a way that I have to do that, am I really willing to do that for him? Because if you're not, you're not there yet, and you need to count the cost. And it is significant. I will not lie to you. It's significant. Now, the truth is, oh, the joy. Oh, the comfort. Oh, the peace. Beyond what you can imagine. Right? Peace that surpasses understanding. But you got to give it all to him first. It's a huge trust thing. You remember the Indiana Jones movie, and he's, you probably remember, and he's got to step on the thing, right? Well, I never got that. Why not just go like this, right? You saw, he's like, just, hello. Anyway, but that's, but it's more like the other, it's more like one he does. You got to just go. You got to just go, and you got to trust, giving everything up. That's what it looks like. He created you, okay? You belong to him. And he loves you. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me, or you wove me in my mother's womb. That settles the debate, by the way, in case you were wondering on abortion. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. He made you, you're his. He's first. There's nothing. Biblically, there's no argument here. There's nothing to talk about. Your first love is God. Your first priority is God. Jesus is Lord. He gets to say everything. Where your time goes. Where our money goes. Where our family should look like. 
what our sexuality looks like, what we ought to say, what we, how we ought to act, what we do and who we do it with, what church body he's called us to, what career he's called us to, what we eat, what we are, how we live, everything, all the time, all the time, everything. It's all his. But I like to make my own decisions. Wrong religion for you. Try progressive something, like Buddhism or what, I don't know. Try something else. This is the wrong place to come. If you want to come and and serve the only real true God, he gets to make the choice. Why? Because he knows. He knows better than you. And because he loves you and because if you do it his way, it goes really, really well. And if you don't, the opposite happens. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Do you know that? If you're a Christ follower, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit because he's in you. There he is, right there, in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. Oh, as Westerners, particularly as people from the United States, we're like, oh no, you don't tell me what to do. You don't own me. You ain't the boss of me. And he's like, I am, actually, totally the boss of you. Totally the boss of you. You are not your own. For why? For you were bought at a price. Because he died for you. Because he came to earth. He died. He rose again. He ransomed you. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We cannot, this is, this is listen. We cannot look like and live like the rest of the world with the only difference being that we happen to do something different on a Sunday morning. Why waste your time? Because that's not it. If you look like and live like and spend your money like and your sex life looks like and your money life looks like and the things you say and the things you do and all that looks like the world all the time except when you come in here and go, hey, how you doing? Or when you're around these people, you're this different person, knock it off. It's, what a joke. I, I I don't want to see that. Yeah, go ahead and clap. That's good. Yeah, be that, be the real person. Okay? Be the real person. I've been that other guy. Trust me, I know that life. Most of us when we're kids, teenagers particularly, you're like, not me. I was pretty no. You were a disaster, okay? Probably. <laughs> and to your parents, it was like, oh yes, mother, blah, 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 blah. And then your friends like, ah, boop, 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 and, you know, you're doing the whole thing. Some of you are like, no, I didn't do that. Okay, fine, I did. All right. <laughs> Sue me. We're different people, right? That's, that's not the life of a Christ follower. I want you to be the same person right here as you are in the car on the way home, as you are when you talk to your friends or your wife or your husband, as you are in every, everywhere you go and everything you do, be the same person. Be the same person. We cannot look like and live like the rest of the world with the only difference being that we attend services on Sunday. That is a joke. And if that's you, there's other places to go. Probably, honestly, like more comfortable. Like it gets hot in here sometimes, right? There's people who talk less than me. You get all that. So I don't want you to go, by the way. I want you here. I want you in for all this. But if that's all you want out of God, boy, this is just the wrong place for that. We're just not that church. We got to get over ourselves. We got to get over ourselves and get into true, fulfilling, joyful, loving discipleship. So... Let's talk about how we do that as a church. A number of things. I want you to understand. One of the things I want you to understand is like I put the mission on the wall. There's a reason for that. 
because it's Jesus' words. I didn't make the mission statement. Lots of churches do that. I don't have any problem with that. A lot of them have something like uh, meeting people where they are and helping them become fully devoted followers of Christ, things like that. Totally solid, good stuff. But that's not what I want to do. I just want to use, I, I find that it always works better if I use a scripture than talk myself. That's why there's so many verses in my sermons, because I, if I look at a sermon that I've prepared and there's not enough scripture and I'm like, that's not good. You don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from the Lord. And so that's why we have his mission statement as our mission statement. It's a little longer, but it's clear. But what I want you to see is that the things that we do are consistent with that. When we're doing something, we're doing it because it's that. So let's talk about what we do. We'll start with go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. We as a church have been committed for years to, omit, to mission work in Honduras. Okay, we have brothers and sisters there. We have a very close connection. We do mission work there. There's an Acts Church Honduras. They're meeting this morning, praising and worshiping the Lord in Espanol. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Ezekiel leads that body. Many of you, who's been to Honduras? Look at that. A lot of people, right? Not enough. Let's talk about it. We've served there for years. Some of you think that you need a calling from the Lord to go to Honduras. Can I be clear with you about something? You don't need a calling. You don't need a calling to go. You have the calling to go right here from the Lord. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. I need a calling. Can you see it? You've got one in front of you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. This is what he's saying to his disciples. You don't need a specific calling because you have that calling and you have the calling to be in this body then you have a calling. You don't need a calling to go. You need a good excuse not to go. I don't like that. I don't like that kind of food. First of all, the food is legit. Yeah, the food is legit. And it's only a week. And it's only a week. Hey, the food is legit. The food is legit. It's only a week if you don't like it. You might, honestly, you might go to the bathroom more than you normally do. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a possibility, Okay. You might, you know, I don't, I never see like animals that scare me or whatever there, but that could happen. I have seen some good sized cockroaches. Let me not talk you out of it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You don't need a calling to go. You need a good excuse not to go. This is what we do. This is how we, as the body you've been called to, this is how we do this part of the Great Commission. We go. It's an opportunity. This is ministry. How many times do you get a chance to be for a week in a place where you just get to do ministry constantly? You know, you're going to be like, I'm not going to go to Honduras. Instead, I'm going to do a whole week of evangelism and work for whoever here. Okay, let's talk about that. You want to do that? We can do that too. Still got to go to Honduras. Here's the thing. It's an opportunity to live a joyful week. And there's a lot of things that happen in it. One is you grow closer to your brothers and sisters in Christ who are part of Acts Church which is hard to do on just Sunday mornings, even on Sunday mornings in life groups because you don't go to every life group. You want to you get to know more people. You want to pray with them. You want to do ministry with them. You want to see people get saved with them. You want to you go and be with them, living together in a real uh, meaningful situation for a whole week. That's the Honduras thing. It's also an opportunity to walk in new giftings. Most people who go to Honduras have been pushed a little out of their comfort zone and learned that God has gifted them. And they come out going, that was really great. That was, that was neat to see God work in me. I was nervous. It was rough, but God works in them. Your giftings and your skills, your God-given talents and abilities that you may not get a chance to use here at home normally. 
but they come out there. This is an opportunity to minister to the saints. These are your brothers and sisters. Yes, they look a little bit different. Most of them are shorter than you. They speak Spanish instead of English, but they're your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're going to be celebrating with them in heaven with every tribe, tongue, and nation. This is an opportunity to preach the gospel to the unsaved who are open to hear the word of God and often are open to hear the word of God. Why? Because you're there. And because they go, what are these gringos doing here? Because we don't go to, what's the place up there, the, the night, Roatan. We don't go to Roatan, which if you know, some of you don't know what that is. That's like where the cruise ships stop. You know, that's where you do the scuba diving and the water. That's not where we're going, okay? We're going to the middle of the country, right, where the real people and the real stuff is going on. And they go, what are these people doing here? Why are they building this thing for these kids over here? Why are they building? Why are they sweating? Why are they working with, with this Honduran person, telling them what to do and humbly serving this, this church over here? Why are they going to this school and giving a snack to our kids and teaching them about the Bible and running around with them having smiles on their face? Why do they have so much joy? What's the deal? And then they're open to the gospel. And many have come to the Lord. Look, this is what we do. This is go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Let's watch a quick video about Honduras. That's better. (laughs) Come on. Come on. You want to do it. You know you want to do it. You know you want to do it. Listen. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. It's not complicated. It's just difficult. 
right? It's just difficult. I'm not going to pretend like it's not. But honestly, guys, seriously, it is not that difficult. When I used to go back in the day, it was difficult, okay? If you don't like cold showers, I remember I went one time out into the country there, and, and it was, I needed to take a shower because, you know, I smell bad. And it's like, okay, back over here. I go back. It's not a shower. It's a big barrel of water, cold water. And I'm just supposed to stand out there and do the, well, I gave everybody a treat. You know, that's, that was nice. But no, I mean, it used to be a lot rougher. We got hot water. You got a decent place to stay. It's really not that difficult. God is calling you to do it. Unless there's a reason not to. And I understand. There really are excuses not to. But you, you should probably have one if you don't go. And I'm not saying you have to go every year. I just suggest it. Okay. Next, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We do that. You've, you've, if you've been here long, you've seen a lot of baptisms. We are doing it again on the 29th of this month. Yeah. We got baptisms. If you have not been baptized, it is time to get baptized. This is baptism an outward symbol of your commitment to Jesus Christ. It's what it is. If you're his, you ought to be baptized. It's not like, oh, you could if you want to. You ought to be baptized if you are a Christ follower and you haven't been baptized. Or you got baptized, you know, when you were seven years old, you had no idea what you're doing and somebody dunked you. You know, if it wasn't real. Now, if it was real, you don't need to get baptized again. But if it wasn't real, let's get baptized. If you need to get baptized, email Susan. Email Susan, okay? Um, and I'll put her email up. I think I have it coming up later. Where do I have it? Do you have her email that we can stick up there? Look through those slides. That's me. Don't, no. That's the only one? All right. Put it on your card, okay? You got those cards in front? Would you do me a favor, by the way? If you have changed your email, or you have changed your address, or you have changed your phone number at any time, and you have not filled out a new card, please do that today. Fill out one of those connect cards so we have the updated information for you. We need that, okay? That's really, it's a valuable thing for us. We sell that for a lot. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> baptism. Baptism. If you need to be baptized, let us know. We, get, we want you to get baptized. We, it's such a celebration. We love doing it. So we're doing that on the 29th of January. Please be here that morning to celebrate. This is, there's only so many times and things where we get to see lived out the things that we're doing in the Great Commission. That's one of them. So be here for that. All right, next, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Okay, let's go through a few of these. This is the kind of the heart of discipleship, the heart of discipleship. First, orientation, okay? Raise your hand if you've been through orientation. See that? Raise your hand if you liked it. Not as many. Okay, that's all right. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> orientation is something that we do. There's a couple things it does. One, it gives us the fundamentals, and a little more than just the fundamentals, of the Christian faith that whether you've been in the Lord for a long time or whether you're brand new, you need. Second thing is it puts us all as a church on the same page that we've all had this teaching. And so if you have not done orientation, I highly recommend that you sign up for it. My plan is if I have enough people to read, because it's all on video, but I plan to redo it live if we have enough people starting in mid-February, and what we're going to do is we're going to do two sessions every other Saturday. So there's 10 sessions of orientation. We used to do them one per week, but I'm doing two sessions every other week of orientation. So you'll come in on a Saturday like 10 a.m. or something or whatever. We'll do one session, have some coffee, do the other session. Meanwhile, I'm also planning on re-recording all of the, um, 
daily devotionals that you get. Because every day, when you're in orientation for 10 weeks, you get a devotional that comes to your text in the morning. Amen. In the morning, you get the, he wants to do, he wants to do uh, orientation. I get it. Um, sign up. You're going to get that text. You click on it. It goes straight to a video, and you get to watch this video. I'm going to try to make them about five minutes each, so you don't have to do more than five minutes in the morning, because, of course, you're already doing your Bible reading on the app, and that takes, you know, 10 minutes or so to do that. So I don't want to get you, you have to do too much. So five minutes long. If we get enough people to sign up. If not, it'll still be the videos, which are still good. But if we get enough people to sign up, we're going to do it over again. You can do it again if you want. It will probably be a little different this time than it was last time. So if you're interested in doing it again, please sign up. You've got those. I think it's the orange card where you can sign up for that. But please sign up for orientation if you want to do orientation. Here's the sessions. Why the church? What is the church? Confession and repentance. Baptism and communion. Meta-narrative or worldview. Very important. Body, soul, spirit. Very important to understand that. Community and service. Calling to Acts Church. Spiritual gifts and spiritual disciplines. Those are the classes. All of those things. We walk through. These are all fundamental to the faith. And we walk through. That's part of teaching them to obey all that he has commanded fundamental. Please sign up for orientation. Use the card in front of you or email Susan. That's just Susan at actschurchnw, like northwest.org, actschurchnw.org. Um, okay, next, Sunday worship gatherings. Easy, right? That's where you are today, Acts 22, 4, 246 through 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their church daily those who were being saved. People were getting saved daily. Why? Because they were doing these things. The first one is in the temple. I got to give you the Dr. David Robinson exhortation. You got to be there to be there. And if you're not there, you don't care. Okay? That's what he says all the time. Bottom line, this is basic fundamental stuff. This is 101 Christianity. You need to make Sunday mornings more than a priority. Sunday morning needs to be an absolute. Some of us need to hear this, okay? I looked at the attendance recently. Some of us need to hear this. Sunday morning is an absolute. You should be more willing to miss work than to miss the gathering of the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ to corporately worship and study the word of God. Serious. Serious. Soon, I'm planning to get into Romans 9. We're, we're in the book of Romans, and we, we've got out of it for a minute to do something else. We're going to go back into it to finish the rest of the verse, the rest of the book. Romans 9, look, you got to come and you got to get your coffee. I mean, this is like, you guys have heard of like Calvinism, Arminianism, the sovereignty of God, whether or not we've been predestined, whether you're a robot or free will and all that. It's really difficult and amazing, and I need you here. You can't miss one of those weeks. You've got to be here. And you got to be there to be there. If you're not there, you don't care. Because we got stuff to go through. we got serious learning to do here. So you need to be there. We need to be learning and growing together. You need it. This is the pattern of the church for 2,000 years of Christ followers. We are not changing it now. Sunday mornings. Now, having said that, if you cannot get here on Sundays because your job requires you to work on a Sunday morning, you can't get out of it or whatever, email me. Now you can put my email up. And email. All right, he'll find it. David at actschurchnw.org. Yeah, there it is. You can email me. I might answer it. Email me and say, look, I love 
gathering with the body, but I can't do it on Sunday mornings. They're making me work, whatever. I'll look at maybe doing a Thursday or a Friday or a Saturday night service, okay, if there are enough people. Yeah. We need to be here. And I know some of you, I mean, look, you've got to take care of your families. I understand that some of you have a job. When I said you should be more willing to miss work, what I meant is it's hard. You won't just miss work willy-nilly, but sometimes maybe you'll miss Sunday willy-nilly. That's all I meant by that. I know some of you have to work on Sundays. You don't have a choice about that. So if we have enough of you, we can start talking about a gathering at a different time during the week. Next, life groups. I'm going to read you the same verse I just read. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Same thing. Same thing. 2,000 years of Christ followers have been gathering in each other's homes for prayer, food, discipleship, worship, comfort, teaching, and friendship. It's a lot. That's what they gather for. And we are too. That's not going to change. We are, however, going to revamp. We're going to, I'm going to have a meeting here soon with life group leaders, with the hosts of life groups, and we're going to revamp, we're going to reset. We may be adding some new life groups. We may be moving the location of some life groups. There may be some new leaders, things like that. When we do that, and, and I announce that we're ready to go, which will probably be next month sometime, I need you guys to be in a life group. If you think you can do this just on Sunday mornings, you're just not going to get what you need. I cannot do here, you cannot do here, the things that you can do in a life group where you get together and you break bread and you spend time together and you get to know one another and you get into the scripture and you can have discussion and all of that stuff that happens, the discipleship, the friendship, all of that that comes from a life group. Like I said, we're going to revamp and I expect you to do that, okay? You can email me at the same email address that was up there a second ago if you're not in a life group and you want to be in a life group. Email me. And if you're like, I can't be in one, or I can only be in one on this day, or here's my issue with life groups, and you give me your thing, that's fine, do that. Give, me, give it to me. But email me and let me know if you're not in the life group. Next, our men. People have asked me about a men's group at Acts Church. And I am, here's my thing about groups like this. I'm just going to tell you my thought process. It's hard to add to you guys more than what I'm already asking you to do which is to be at church twice a week, on a Sunday morning and at your life group. I'm asking you to do both of those things. That's first. That's before anything else that we talk about. It's for orientation. That's before any Bible study. That's before anything else. Sunday morning and life group. So adding another thing is tough for some of you, right? Because I don't want you to feel like you're obligated to do more than the scriptures called us to do. However, there are a lot of men who want to get together and learn things that men need to learn to be good men that our culture is not teaching them, is not showing them, it's absent from the culture. So I envision a monthly meeting for men here at Acts Church. Good, I'm glad some of you want to do it. That's good. Raise your hand if you're a man and you would want to do that, just so I know. Okay. I guess there are some people. We want, to, we want to do that. It's an opportunity for growth, right? To learn all that he's commanded us. All right, women, we don't care about. No, I'm just kidding. I've had some women ask about doing women's stuff. I've had the same issue, which is asking you guys to do Sunday and life, but then putting something on that. I also envision a monthly meeting for women where they can grow in the way the Lord has called them because society most certainly is not, not showing you 
how valuable you are, how important you are, and what it means to be a woman of God. You just are not getting that, just like the men are not getting those things. So once a month, some, some time to get together, some time for fellowship. That's just a Christian word for hanging out. And then some time for teaching. How many women are interested in that? So no, okay, we won't do it. That's all right. Two, some of you put two hands up and that's cheating. So we'll be talking about honesty in the first session. Okay. Email, listen, for either one of those, email me. Write it down right now or put it on your card. You email me or you put it on a card. If you don't do that, I'm not going to have a good count because I didn't count your hands as you went up. As you can see, I wear glasses, so I can't see everything. Um, so you need to email me or you need to put it on the card so that I know you're there because I'm going to start creating groups to send out messaging for, for these. All right, youth. If you don't know this already, our youth meet on Wednesday nights. Patrick Murdoch is our youth lead here at the church. He is extremely passionate and committed to your students, to your young people. They're studying through the Bible. They're not playing chubby bunny and relay races. They're studying through the Bible. It's very, and they want to do it. Our youth are awesome. They come in, they want to study the Bible. Yeah, give my hand. No one should despise the young because they're young. We say a lot of things in this culture about young people that really applied to us when we were young, and it's not very fair. These are young men and women of God who are going to be the next generation of the Lord tarries of the people who lead the church. And so we're, we're training them. If you have a youth, if you know a youth, email Patrick. I think we have his email too. So there it is. There's Patrick's email. Email him about anything you want. Sign him up for stuff. Don't really do that. Just email him if you're a youth or if you have youth who want to be part of that. That's, a, that's, that's huge for us. Next one is Axe Kids. Let me tell you something. Disney and social media and public schools will not be indoctrinating your children at Axe Church. That's not what's going to be happening. We will be teaching them the Word of God with commitment and care and love and Axe, Church, and Axe Kids. That's why it's there. That's what we do is because all week you as a parent are bombarded with what the world is trying to do to your kids. And I know you're doing your best, and we want to be part of that, and we want to come alongside you and help you when you come in on a Sunday morning that your kids are getting the Word of God. And so that's very serious. We background check our volunteers. Deanne Van Branken, who is our Axe Kids lead, works so hard. She works so hard, yes, to organize and lead the Axe Kids ministry. I must tell you this. We need volunteers, people who are willing to do that. I know some of you... It's hard to volunteer because you know that when you're down there, that means you're not up here and you want to be up here. I get that. Hey, I get it. It's good up here. We're enjoying ourselves. But once a month, it ain't going to kill you. It isn't going to kill you. And we need you. If you're capable, you're called. <laughs> At this point, we need you in Acts Kids. Please, do I have her email? Deanne's? There it is. Write that down. And email her or put it on your card if you are willing to volunteer at Axe Kids. It is such an important thing. You have to understand how important it is. Why do you think that the world is putting so much garbage out to children right now? Because they know the power that it has at that age. So you've got to decide, and we've got to decide as a church, whether we are going to combat, march against the gates of hell, and not allow them to be indoctrinated and taught these things, but rather to be taught doctrine and what's right, and what's true, and who they are in Christ, and what's true about who we are. If we're going to do that, we got to do it together, guys. I need your help. I need you to volunteer if you can volunteer. There's a lot of kids down there, and they need you. So if you can pass a background check, 
you're probably qualified. All right. There are other opportunities at the church, okay? I, I can't go through everything. There's the End Times Bible study that, that does their thing on Wednesdays. Probably be a little late to join them, but you can if you want. I think there are like 72 sessions in to, to that. Um, but that's a good one. Uh, there are other events that we have from time to time. But the ones I've just mentioned, they're the core discipleship methods we partake in together to do the Great Commission. Last thing I want to talk about is this. We're at 11.20. This goes back to kind of the hypocrisy thing. Integrity. I have been doing this now for seven years. Before that, I was an attorney, and integrity wasn't, I didn't know what that meant. No, I'm kidding. I knew what it meant. Some of my colleagues, not so much. But that's true in any industry, by the way. Most of those lawyer jokes are true. Anyway, so the, no. Integrity, guys. Please listen to me here. If you are in leadership at this church and you are not the person that you are putting yourself forward to be, stop. If you are in this church at all and you are putting yourself forward as somebody you're not supposed to be, stop that. Fix it. We cannot be hypocrites. We cannot have a lack of integrity. God is going to send people here who need you. You have to be in him in order to be effective to them. I've seen too many people who get ahead, of, they get over their skis, they get ahead of themselves, they aren't really ready, and then they try to minister, and it's a disaster. You guys need to be built up in Christ to minister. That means you have to have integrity. You have to. That's all there is to it. We have to be prepared to receive those that God will send to us. This means we have to be sold out to God, not to sin, not to rebellion, not to shameless, shamefulness. We need to be sold out to God. Do not be a hindrance to the gospel. There's a lot of people here who are working very hard, who are giving sacrificially of their, of their finances, of their time, to see people come to the Lord Jesus. Do not be a hindrance to that because you can't get yourself right. Come to people that can help you and let's get right. Let's get our lives right so that we can have integrity. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm asking you to be trying. And I'm asking you to be honest. We need an honest church, guys. We need an honest church. Let's do what we need to do, and when we don't, let's be honest about it so that we can get where we need to be. Don't be a hindrance to the gospel. When you could be having the joy of the Lord in seeing the gospel proclaimed and accepted by people. Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We want to see it. If you haven't done that, today's the day to do it. Believe and confess. That's it. If we want to evangelize and bring the gospel to all the nations, including ours, we need to be empowered, taught, and led by the Holy Spirit. We have to be. We have to be. That means we have to have the fruit of the Spirit. This is, this is what I want to define us. You ready? Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I have things to do in all of these, particularly self-control in some areas, especially the one I talked about earlier. But we have to emulate this. This is who we have to be. And you know how you do it? You sow to the Spirit, not to the flesh. You let the Holy Spirit who is in you, because you're the Holy Spirit, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's in you. Let him do this in you. 
love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Some of you annoy each other. Some of you frustrate each other. Some of you cause dissension with one another. And one of the quickest ways to deal with that, be a little more long-suffering, folks. You're dealing with human beings. We're all a little bit of a disaster. Let's give each other a break. Long-suffering, peaceful and long-suffering. Kindness, that's not niceness, just so you know. Niceness is do whatever you want, and I'm just going to go, hmm. Kindness is real love. Okay, it goes along with things like gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the things that I want to be able to describe this church with. Many of them I can. We can be that church. I love God. I love God. I love you. Remember that if we live this way, the verse says, against such there is no law. You don't have to think about the law when you're doing these things because you're doing it. Let's love God together. Let's love each other. Let's love God fully. Let's love our neighbor as ourselves. If we are going to be a light to the world, we got to be it all the way. That's the vision. That's the vision for this church. It's not complicated. It's just difficult. It's just difficult, but it becomes much easier when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. I need him to work in me. You need him to work in you. I want to fulfill the Great Commission with you. Can we be excited that we get to do it together with each other? Yeah. Can you be excited about the people next to you? Look around. These are your brothers and sisters. These are the, this, is, this is the battle. This is the army going into battle. Right? Like an army with banners marching against the gates of hell. That's who we are. Can we be happy to do it together? Can we be joyful about that? Because I am. All right, let's pray. Father.